Yeah, you, you, I mean, you can do everything you want in your life. It's just so hard to pack it all in at the same time. But, like, when you can do the things that make you happy, do them, yeah. you know? And, and um, that's, what, that's what has made my life good. Welcome to the Good Life Central Oregon podcast, where we pursue the good life by helping you pursue yours. start drinking beer for every podcast interview from now on yeah i don't think anyone would deny you some people might not even know <laughs> but when in rome do as the romans do when in deschutes brewery do as the brewers do you drink bachelor yeah you drink either bachelor bitter or big rig bitter what we're drinking right now i, I call that quality <laughs> assurance yeah i want to thank you for coming on to uh, the podcast my next guest is veronica vega and she is the, I'm going to ask you to correct me, I'm sure I got this wrong, but the assistant to the head brewer of Deschutes Brewery? Uh, the official title is a, uh, assistant brewmaster. Assistant brewmaster. Bend pub. The bend pub. <laughs> Does that all fit on one card? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's confusing because I am, I guess, assisting the brewmaster of Deschutes Brewery. But uh, yeah. as by doing so, I'm overseeing the operations of the bend pub. Makes so if you're the bend pub... Um, I'm okay. I'm going to go back in history just a mm-hmm. little bit. Wasn't that where the Bond Street series was, was uh, you know, created from? Yeah, I mean, the so the Bond Street series we we use it more as like the inspiration of the Bond Street series started at the Ben Pub because this is our first location. This is the first place that you know we've been putting beer in front of customers and getting feedback, and that's how we've always produced new products. And so. When we started out with a new line of, you know, at the time, hot forward beers, uh, we called it the Bond Street Series because, you know, that's how you know we've always produced be- new beers here um, at the pub. And we have a second pub in Portland. We've had it for seven years. So, um, again, you know, it's just kind of more that inspiration yeah. piece. Um, so you're doing R&D? Yeah, both pubs are main R&D facilities. I mean, they function... Um, I mean, first and foremost, as a pub for the community, but um, for the brewery, they function as R&D facilities. So that's kind of like special forces of brewing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They say, here's what we want to go go make it. Try it. Do your best. Gotcha. (laughs) Do your best. (laughs) So if I ask you to tell me what you've been up to, you might have to kill me afterward. (laughs) Exactly. Because that's not public knowledge yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's public when it's uh, put on tap and we want to know what you think. Naturally. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on to this podcast. Um, from the research I've done uh, and what little you and I have talked, uh, there have been a couple separate, uh, uh, separate occasions. I've, I first met you at the, uh, the Rally for Beer uh, function that was here in this room upstairs right. from the pub. Um, but, uh, but doing some more research, it sounds like your, your path to uh, brewing was not paved in hops. Um, yeah, it was t- a little tell us where you, Yeah, tell us, how, tell us that story. Um, well, 
You know, I think it's similar to a lot of people's stories when they come out of college. They, you know, they're fired up to get into their career and they think that's what they're going to do. And, um, you know, I was in, um, bi- I was a biological field tech and I was doing wildlife surveys, um, you know, for different agencies. And um, I, I started to kind of realize that that line of work was seasonal and, um, and just not knowing where the funds were going to be every year and it, it you know didn't sit well with me and I wanted to find my community and I wanted to find you know the place that I'd settle down and so um, I always talk about Bend as being the whole reason I'm a brewer because I came here for the place and for its lifestyle and then you know at the you know ripe age of like what 24 I was like I don't care <laughs> you know uh, so you've been drinking beer all of what three years at that point <laughs> no. and, and no more right. than three years yeah. <laughs> well I just I said the town you know the town is what matters and if I don't find the job that I set out to do you know something will come up and I I definitely had that feeling like you know, I, I wanted to plan out my life, but I wanted to be open to the possibility and not over plan it. Yeah. And I, re, I just, I totally remember that crossroad and, and, um, you know, having a, a job interview for a consulting agency in Portland at the same week that I was interviewing at, at the brewery for something completely different, you know, and, um, ended up going down that road and I'm so glad I did. Which is funny that that's, that's been a refrain in some of the conversations I've had on this podcast a uh, common theme <laughs> a, com- a common theme especially um, with uh, a wonderful gentleman named uh, Jay Mather was one of the guests on the show and he and he was a photographer that uh, that uh, took photos of the killing fields in Cambodia back in the mid-70s and he talked about he talked about you know it for some of us we we have to go in with a game plan so that we know where we're going but you know, he talked about you kind of have to be open to fate. You kind of have to be open to serendipity in those moments. Right. There's those different personality types that, you know, you want to be responsible. You put a lot of effort into your schooling, you know, some people and uh, accruing debt and all that. And you, like I said, you want to be responsible at the same time. If you over plan it, you're not open to, you know, the doors that may be open. You're not seeing them. Yeah, those wonderful opportunities that just seem to float by and some people may not recognize them. But you uh, did, did you would you say that you recognize the opportunity as it floated by you or did you kind of fall into it? No, I. I, yeah, I feel like I recognize the opportunity. I mean, I, I think of my whole career as opportunity. I'm so grateful for all the opportunities mm-hmm. that I've that I've had. And, um, you know, it was it was that. And also just, you know, what I didn't plan on is just having this complete passion and um, just interest in this new thing that wasn't a part of my life. You know, like I hear so many people's stories that, you know, they homebrewed for years or their dad homebrewed mm-hmm. and, you know, that's just how I, I wasn't raised that way culturally at all. And, um, and I didn't start drinking craft beer until I was in college and, you know, and, and just the process of brewing was just not familiar to me. And so, you know, when I learned that I had no idea, I would be so, um, interested in, in peeling back the layers of the process and learning more about it. And so, uh, you know, I, I was working in the tasting room. I was, 
you know, back then in Bend, I would I had like five jobs, like trying to piece together, a, you know, a life and um, five jobs, even more roommates. That <laughs> type of, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I could just tell with this community that there's so there's so many like entrepreneurs and people are just making their their way. And I was just kind of trying to piece it together, trying to figure out what what's going to be my, my thing here. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my it's jobs was, it's yeah, town. yeah, one of my jobs was a t- uh, in the tasting room at the brewery. And that was my weekend job. You know, it was just Saturdays and Sundays. And so just by telling the story of how we make beer to people over and over and over again and seeing the brewery, you know, mm-hmm. um, I started to learn about it and started to read about it and read about what brewers do and you know, I, I read an article about um, women in brewing and um, men got pretty inspired by it and a job came up and I just started realizing that I could kind of, I could do everything I wanted to do with my career in, in biology, I guess, through brewing. That was so exciting because, you know, I, I think, you know, I wanted to educate people. I wanted to, you know, potentially, you know, publish some sort of, you know, project, and mm-hmm. um, I wanted to keep learning. I wanted to still be rooted in science, and um, just to find out that I could do that in the brewing industry was pretty exciting. And when a seller position came up, you know, I applied for it, and somehow, you know, convinced them to take a chance <laughs> on someone who hadn't ever brewed. Yeah. And um, and they, I mean, I think it was a huge risk for them, but hopefully, they think it's paid off. But but <laughs> that just that just sounds like like just you know a golden ticket type of thing i mean um sorry i'm not i'm not trying to plug previous guests but i spoke with amanda benson in the second uh, podcast episode and she talked about going through fermentation science school and then got out of college and then applied to shoot brewery like right away and got the job as a brewer it's just like i mean you know if she had a plan it, it you know she was following that plan exactly and whereas you said you you weren't a home brewer you weren't no. raised around home brewers no you were teaching or giving uh, um, tour guide at the the brewery yeah and then and then you learn how to brew right in the heat of the brewing facility in Deschutes Brewery yeah I like to say that like my first brew was like a hundred barrel batch through the (laughs) you know brew system but you know I did start dabbling in home brewing once I did work for the brewery just because I thought well maybe I should see what this is all about (laughs) you know you quickly learn that it involves a lot of cleaning yeah um but you know the process was definitely very fascinating to me and I knew that I could that it was something that would continuously challenge, you know. Oh, for sure. Me and sure. Um, so, so there you were <laughs> <laughs> on, on the brewing floor, um, starting as uh, you said you started in the cellar. What exactly were they doing? Was yeah, that cleaning so and washing. Yeah, I mean the cellar gets a bad rap because everyone, you know, it's it's so sexy to make to be in the brew house you know to make wort because that's when all the you know the good smells the hops are going in the, oh, the barley's yeah. and the mash and all that but you know the cellar is is extremely important and um so that's when where beer is conditioned and clarified and um you know carbonated and it's basically you know getting ready to be packaged there and so um, yes, it involves cleaning tanks, but you know you're you're basically the second end of the brewing process, so it's mm-hmm. just as important. But um, yeah, that's where I did start, and and um, it was at the time where we we kind of started changing the way we we 
um, scheduled our brewers. Um, we did. We used to separate the cellars in the brew house, and um, right about when I started, is when we started merging. So it was like we are all brewers now. <laughs> we are not brewers and cellarmen. We're just brewers. And um, I mean, the cool thing about that is that we're one of you know a few large breweries where brewers move from area to area within a week, and they're really involved in in the whole process. They're not just you know centrifuging beer day in and day out, and so. So it's not an assembly line, right? Exactly. You're really kind of. You don't of, have the mashers and the. Yeah, yeah, and, and so you get to kind the, of. Um, you know, as you're trained, the cellar is the first place you kind of are trained, and then you move into different brew houses mm-hmm. on, um, on on training uh, there. And so, the pub was then the third brew house that I learned. And so it went from like super huge down to you know from 150 barrel brew house to this is a 12 and a half barrel brew house. So I kind of you know went backwards. <laughs> you would think it'd be like homebrew pub, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Barrel, no kidding. You know, usually start smaller and get bigger. <laughs> so, um, so I, I watched a video that uh, Deschutes Brewery put out where you were talking about. Well, you were talking about Blackview Porter, for example, but uh, but you really started in that video. You started talking about trying to brew on the edge, mm-hmm. trying to. Um, feel free to make mistakes because if you come across something extraordinary then um and in this area in general is starting to really push the uh, bjcp mm-hmm. guidelines and yeah and it, it's funny there I've, I've talked to some of those brewers who they're like nope you followed the guidelines this is what beer is and then there are people you yeah, know like I you according to the video you're like <laughs> screw the guidelines this beer is beer let's just make something great um tell us about your experience of and that's why I call it brewing special yeah. forces. You're, you're yeah. brewing on the edge. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess personally, it just, I've always felt like I have been brewing on my personal edge, meaning, you know, like when I came down to the pub and brewed my first recipe, you know, I didn't do a homebrew batch before. So it's like, my yes, I had a mentor and a lot of help, but, you know, to mash in that first beer at 12 and a half barrels is a lot of beer if you screw up so yeah. that was you know pretty frightening <laughs> i would imagine you thinking <laughs> no don't screw up don't screw up that smells really good yeah don't screw up don't screw up <laughs> <laughs> right and so as the confidence builds you know then i just kind of continued that like i'm always like slightly nervous <laughs> of what, what the decisions that i'm making yeah. and, and what i'm putting into the beer and um and so I guess that's like the personal edge is that I, you know, I, I definitely try to respect the fact that, you know, I, I, I work in a company with a lot of resources, so I don't want to take advantage of that and, mm-hmm. you know, make decisions that, you know, could potentially just be stupid. And, you know, I'm just taking advantage of the fact that I can, I have all these resources. Yeah, you can't throw caution to the right, wind, can exactly. you? Right, um, exactly. So that's the edge. It's like, I do have these resources, but I'm going to do my best to, you know, do something that I've never done before Mm -hmm. um, while still, you know, making educated decisions and trying to be financially, you know, (laughs) responsible. Sure, sure. Um, Because, you know, if if you throw caution to the wind too many times, then... Right, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Back to washing kegs, I guess. Um, (laughs) um, Would you consider yourself a craftsperson or an artist? Oh, God. Um, So... Yeah, I, I think I'm. But it just reminds me of a quote that is like really near and dear to my heart because it makes me think of my dad. But 
Um, I'm probably going to botch the quote, but it's basically like the idea is... We, we call botching. <laughs> we, we have another word for botching. It's called paraphrasing. Yeah. So, you know, a person who works with their hands is a laborer. Yeah. And a person who works with their their hands and their head is a craftsman. And mm-hmm. a person who works with their head and their hand, their hands, their head, and their heart is an yeah. artist. So, you know, I think of my dad as an artist. He's a welder, mm-hmm. but he has a lifetime of working with all three Mm. and so since I do feel young in my career I hope you know that at the end that you know people do think that I work with heart but um you know there's still a lot that I'm learning and so I don't know does that answer it (laughs) it does it does I I know that quote and I love that yeah I do too um I, I I think of you know, like how you're a part of the community, you know, like I, you know, I'm one of the brewers of the community. I make beer for the people, you know, around yeah, this community. And obviously since we're a larger brewery, you know, for, for many people. And, well, and, and being a brewer in this community, that means you're a somewhat of a rock star. And we'll, we're going to talk about <laughs> that in a little bit. Um, but, uh, but back to that, you know, I, I think about, you know, some, you know, speaking with a bunch of artists and, you know, living where I do and just being immersed in the art and music scene, it, it's almost like, you know, I think of an artist as someone who creates something. Mm-hmm. And I think of a craftsperson as someone who repeats something to the best of their ability. Um, and, uh, you know, someone, I think someone who just brews the same recipe over and over and over again to the best of his or her ability to, you know, constantly make sure we have that product in stock. Uh, you know, I, I'm inclined to think that that's more of a craftsperson. But what you're talking about, what you're doing, that R and D, that that brewing special forces mm-hmm. of the Bond Street series. You know, like you said, you have these resources to try something new. Yeah, uh, I, I'm inclined to um, kind of lump you in the artist category. If that's all right with you. <laughs> well, you can do what you want. I, <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I just wanted to just wanted to make sure I had your permission. Um. Um, and so, so here you are in, in Deschutes Brewery, and I want to I want to talk about other aspects of it as well. But um, but uh, you know, when I spoke with um, with Amanda Benson, if I remember right, please forgive me if I got this wrong, but wasn't she the first female brewer? She in, was in Deschutes yeah. Brewery. Was she the first female brewer in in the Central Oregon? Oh. You know, I can't answer that. I know for sure she was at Deschutes because people try to throw me under that, and it's like, nope, <laughs> it was Amanda, and everyone knows it. Really? Well, <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 since you know, there's there's been um, articles coming about about the women yeah. in Central Oregon who are yeah. brewing, and 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 so it's it's becoming a thing. A, a thing. It, well, it's really yeah. cool. What, what does that mean to you to be a female brewer in Brew Town? Oh, I don't know. It's I think with within the brewing department the the you know that i work in within the brewing community i don't really feel like it is a thing i mean it, we're not i'm not trading any different i'm you know it's 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 a thing because we do get interviewed more and we're asked <laughs> you know how we feel about it and i mean so, so what you're that, saying is that, i should interview no, some no, guys no. okay it, no that <laughs> i'm just saying that that's kind of what's made it a thing i mean when you when if if someone asked me like you know what's the difference and like really that that kind of is one of the main differences that we get more attention you know <laughs> for you know for better or well, worse do you think that's because um, you're a female or just a a minority 
in the brewery yeah, community. Minority probably. Yeah. But I mean, I have been introduced like this is Veronica. She's a female brewer, you know, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> just like, really? Like, is it not obvious? <laughs> <You know? Gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Gosh, but, yeah, but, but, but luckily, you know, um, yeah, it's uh, in some ways, you know, it, it, it can kind of be irritating. Like, guys, this isn't a thing. It's, you know, like really it's, you know, it's not. But then once in a while I meet, you know, a lady that is maybe in sales and brewing and, the, and they meet me and say, I am so inspired by having someone, you know, like really into craft beer like you are and, you know, being and you're successful at it. And I just want you to know that I'm really inspired by that. And so when I hear that, then I, I, I feel really great about it. I mean, I can't deny that. Right. Well, and I think that that was pretty much the root of my question is, mm-hmm. you know, there, there may not be this, this brotherhood of brewers, whatever, but, but is there that, can't believe I'm going to say this on air. Is there, is there <laughs> the that? Sisterhood? I, yeah. Is, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 yeah. Is there, is there like that sisterhood? I mean, when, when, when you gals get together, is there just kind of like a, a, a little nod a secret handshake or something like that or you know not really in um I I don't know I don't think among brewers um I think we get excited I mean we're I'm doing a collaboration beer with um ladies from the pink boot society so that's um, I'm sure you've heard of it it's Mm -hmm. um and so when I think it's just because of the way you know ladies interact with each other you we there's four brewers in the room all talking about a recipe we're all super excited and so mm-hmm. like we're laughing and it's just loud and of course it's different i think than it, than the first meeting of a collaboration brew of like five guys you know like i don't think it would be as guys you know, sit giggly around. <laughs> yeah so guys are all sitting around just, what's up, dude? Yeah, exactly. What's up? So, all right, we should, we should probably uh, talk about uh this recipe now <laughs> right right and um yeah, there's, I guess, a little bit more stoke in the room, you know, <laughs> in, in that scenario. But, um, uh, viva la difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, has, has being a female brewer, um, it, you, you talked about, you know, the, the things that have been different are, you mm-hmm. know, some females, maybe some younger women being inspired by you. Uh, have you noticed any other differences? Yeah, that you are know, noteworthy? The, the biggest difference. Um, differences I I think started when I became a mom because when I before you know I was single I could I could work all day in brewing I could study for what I was you know Mm -hmm. like my my diploma and I could um, go out drinking beers at night and not have that worry and be one of the guys yeah and now um, especially in the position I am there's you know, there's the the work you have to do during the day, but there's all this networking also. And, and since it's, you know, the beer industry, it's usually done, you know, around beers. And, mm-hmm. and I personally, this is just a personal thing, I feel guilty when I'm choosing to go, mm-hmm. you know, hang out with suppliers or whatever and talk about beers. It's important networking for my career and for our job. Mm-hmm. But I think of my kid at home and I want to yes. be there. And it's like, and brewing... Um, um, it is, I mean, p- people know we, we work long days and, um, and then when you couple the traveling and all the other stuff that's on top of it, it's just a lot of time away from home. And so, like I said, it, you know, 
I don't think the guys feel as guilty. <laughs> I, I, and, may, and maybe they do. I don't want to speak for anyone. But I think for me personally, it, it, it did become hard when I became a mom. I started yeah. really, really um, think about my time. And it actually made me more efficient because um, I could, you know, I'd start working at night. Like, let me let me organize my day tomorrow before I even get there so I can knock things out. Because especially at the pub, it's a very distracting place. There's fires you have to put out. There's people that want to ask you things. There's mm-hmm. the servers that have questions that you, ha- you know, it's very Those important damn to them. podcast <laughs> interviews. <laughs> you know, and so that that was a big difference and that it remains a big difference. I think. Yeah, my, my personal experience being a father, um, and this is, and this has to do with speaking to a lot of my friends who are fathers, and and the uh, again the common theme is the first couple years when you know when babies are just completely dependent. Yeah. I, I've I've noticed that the. You know, all the fathers that I spend time around are really really good fathers. I'm honored to right. spend time yeah. around good fathers. Um, but it's the one to two year age. It's not when fathers are just like really engaged. Cause yeah, we, you know, yeah. as a father, I want to wrestle and play Legos <laughs> exactly. and introduce them to star Wars. I don't want to, yeah, changing diapers. It's like, I think about, Oh man, the minivans. And I used to go, my guys <laughs> have some, um, but, but I know at least for my wife and some of the women that I spend right. time with, I mean, that, that's, that's, time you're home that's what oh, yeah that's just and, and I'm coming from that I'm still in the thick of it you know I, I have my youngest is a two and a half year old and so you know that like maternal instinct is so strong like, like you said in, in the first couple yeah, of years baby brain you know to like <laughs> to be in a meeting and, and and knowing that you have to go like you know make sure you have food for your child available for them mm-hmm. later you know it's like yeah. it's something that the guys don't carry obviously <laughs> well so, it's, you know it's, uh, I, well and again in my experience <laughs> with the guys i spend time around we care about it but it's not it's a different experience the load is yeah the burden a, yes. i think the mental burden the emotional yeah. burden is a yeah, little for higher sure. so. um but yeah it's it's <laughs> man it, of course once you have kids for all of you who don't have kids yet <laughs> when if you come home and like oh i'm tired i think i need a beer imagine veronica's day i'm <laughs> if you're if you're the typical brewer you're getting up early to start mashing in early mm-hmm. and you're spending all day long um and it's not like you have just weekends off because if something has to happen to the brewery on the weekends, well, you know, it's you not going to... bring gonna, the kids to it, check the gravities, it, it, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like you got your baby Bjorn up front yeah. while you're, you know, mi- you know, mixing in the hops. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, gosh, it, it's not it's not a nine-to-five, just show up, clock out type of job. It's if you're in, yeah. you're all in, And I've you? had to, you know, I've been lucky to have help down here because, you know... Matt, who's amazing, and um, you know he's mashing in at six in the morning. And because I've learned, I've learned that, you know, once I get to work, sometimes I can't be available in the in the afternoon because if something happens, you know, you can't just drop what you're doing if the kettle is boiling. You know, you can't say like, mm-hmm. oh, my kid's waiting for me. 
you know, then there, there's a kettle boiling. You can't just walk away. Yes. So um, I've My kid learned can to wait schedule, on the corner for the bus. You know, I'll be fine. It's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then I'll be the one that, to take him to school. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and that's what I'm, that's my responsibility. Yeah. And then I can be flexible at the end of the day to pick up the pieces. You know? Well, and Deschutes Brewery being one of the quote unquote best places to work for, um, have they been pretty good about balancing that family and work life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's also, you know, the responsibility of the person too. There's, I think, um, man, if you're into brewing, you tend to be a person that's like, I'm not saying, you know, not type A, but you, you're really, what's happening with the beer is really important to you. Mm-hmm. And so um, there are lots of people, like you said, that work very long hours, but I think that's, I mean, a lot of problems arise. There's things you have to fix. There's fires you have to put out, but also there's that like work ethic, yeah. you know, piece. And so, you know, when I had kids, I had to start thinking about like my schedule more and, and, and trying to find the balance of, you know, like what's appropriate and, and, and what matters and what like, you know, kind of doesn't it's <laughs> like, not that big of a deal well, you know? I, i'm i'm guessing you uh became even more acutely aware of your time and your oh, schedule yeah. and, absolutely and um and the uh, and the whole idea of exhaustion was yeah. um was changed to something yeah new. Definitely, yeah definitely <laughs> definitely <laughs> other times you know when i was you know younger and you know single and had all the time of the world i was thinking god why did i get as much done but they, they always say if you want something done give it to a busy person exactly exactly oh my gosh it's so much truth to that i feel like i work off of lists and like you know all this organizational uh you know all these little skills that i never had before and i feel it's because i have to now you know <laughs> i've been forced into that corner of being organized so being a brewer being a mom what what has made you successful I mean, you already yeah. mentioned the work ethic, and and and, yeah. and some people can just really put their head into it and the heart into yeah. it, and, and that whole arsenal. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, we talked about opportunity, and I think that's the first piece is that I've been lucky enough to have a lot of opportunity placed in front of me, um, and so you know, th- there's that and, and luck, like being in the right place at the right time, and and making certain decisions in within brewing that kind of you know lined myself up in the right place yeah. if that makes sense but um you know i i i i did step up to, to all those opportunities you know like i see a lot of people that you know maybe they see the opportunities but they you know it, it's going to take a lot of effort to get there you know mm-hmm. and so maybe you know it, it just takes people longer or something were you um, undaunted by that effort and that chasm of experience yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty, like, kind of anxious, high-energy person. And so if I want something, you know, I'm like, I, w- I want to do it, and I'm going to do it as fast as I can. So, like, I think of, like, a brewing education. I wanted, you know, the, the brewery allows so, so many funds for training, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wanted to get my diploma. I wanted to get it right now, you know. So yeah. um, I didn't want to wait for the funds, so I look for funds for scholarships through the Master Brewers Association, you know. Um, and once and I started out myself and then once you know it came to apply for funds from the brewery they saw that I'm already halfway there I already got half my funds so it was very easy for them to say okay I'll give you the rest of the funds you know <laughs> and um, proving yourself and you know so I mean I, I guess those types of things were you know the opportunity was there but I, I also kind of met it and I feel like that has um, that has helped with the success I suppose 
So, uh, like most normal people, do you suffer from fear? <laughs> oh, God. Do you suffer doubt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hesitation? Insecurity? Yes. Oh, yes. You're, like, listing off all of my... All of my so, so you are a normal human being then? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Like I said, the anxiety is always there. Like, and that's kind of a, you know, I have a lot of pent up energy that I used to, you know, release from with hours and hours of mountain bike riding. And since <laughs> I don't do that, guess where it goes? Like my work, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. like what's happening? I'm gonna brew the hell out of this IPA today, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, fear, of course. Um, I have enormous fear of failure. I, you know, like, one thing that I'm working so hard to move away from is just fear of what other people think of you. And like, you know, <laughs> are you are you working hard enough? Are you doing enough? And that's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get more of like, you know, what do you think? <laughs> Don't think like what other people think, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and forgive me if this sounds like a repeat of the, of the previous question, but how do you get through these emotions? Oh man, I it, it, it I really feel like it's like it's work. I mean, I I am actively working on you know talking myself down from you know too much worry over things because at this point, like you said, it's not just about you know the beer and the job and um, it's it's my family. It's you know now we're we're adults, so our our parents are becoming elderly and you know perhaps sick and all that. So it's like the the worry is just kind of like mounting up that the older you get i mean i call it like you know this adult life is just like yeah. <laughs> so much different than, than life wow. before i feel like and we should start a whole new podcast <laughs> episode just on this subject how much time do you right, have exactly oh my exactly. gosh um so i yeah i just really have to actively work on um um trying to get through the day in the most positive way and um you know not not get overwhelmed <laughs> I, I i heard someone describe the, the, the you know this process um ironically from uh, the good life project mm-hmm. uh this guy that does a podcast and a video podcast with that and that's been really inspiring to me but um and and you know no relation to the name however um <laughs> oh well, i'm glad I, you clarified i totally <laughs> thought it was <laughs> yes yes you know I, i'd like to say that we were related but um <laughs> but uh but he talked about you know it's easy to get bogged down by these day-to-day details and the tedious minutiae of mm-hmm. of life and the uninspiring moments of our Mondays. Um, but but we talked about is looking at the craft in a long-term vision, the craft of a life, the craft of a career, mm-hmm. the craft of of making excellent beer, and just even through the daily grind, even those, I mean. For for goodness sake, Veronica, you get to make beer in the middle of like one of the yeah, best beer it's towns. Pretty lucky. It's I pretty know. awesome, <laughs> but I'm sure there are days when you're thinking, "Oh my god, yeah, I don't want to go to work today." I'm sure there yeah. you've had one, maybe oh. two of those <laughs> in your career thus far. Yeah, but you know, he talked about just focus on focusing on that long term goal of the craft, this legacy, this this um je ne sais quoi you know yeah no i mean ex- exactly i mean there's 
you know, there, there might be meetings where we're arguing over, you know, like something so tiny, like a label being not square or something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you might be bringing to the table, like all the, the stuff in your life that you're dealing with. And, you know, sometimes it actually helps to bring perspective because you realize like, okay, this is a big deal for our company and mm-hmm. for people who are involved, you know, in, on the team. And, you know, you we need to be respectful for that and, and speak to each other kindly. But in the big picture, you know, it's really not that big of a deal and we shouldn't, you know, like, you know, get ulcers over it. And, and true. <laughs> and, but, but I think there's even, it seems like there's even the aspect of just, okay, so today we have a meeting and we're all arguing about how this label is going to be. All right. So what a year from now, no one's going to remember this, this mm-hmm. argument. No one's going to remember this meeting, but you still get to push craft brewing forward. You still get to make amazing beers and you still get to like, um, and in just a minute, I want to talk about that uh, museum exhibit and you being a panelist, Mm -hmm. but, but I've had one of those rare moments at that exhibit because of the, 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 the shoots beer that was offered Mm -hmm. that night. Um, um, you know, where your, your end user, your, um, your beer drinkers, whatever they're going through, whatever their day is like whatever their tedious mondays are like and their argument about labels they finally are going with this and that yeah yeah at the end of the day they come and they drink a beer and like oh i know i have i have to tell you so i just came back from visiting my family and um my parents and um you know they're going through some some struggles and my mom was was basically like if you don't bring a couple cases of beer you know like (laughs) i'm going to be really really." she didn't say that i can't even tell you what she said but so we bring her the beer and she she just lights up with like you know it's like the best thing i could have done for her is just bring her a couple cases of beer that she knows that you know i was a part of you know so um well i remember right in the heart of the uh recession that we just had there's a, a friend of mine who is a very well-known bassist in this area uh, who plays with all the big bands and a phenomenal bassist. Basically, he's a full-time musician. And I went up to him, and I, I was like, oh, man, you know, God, you know, you're, you're basically an artist in this recession. How are you doing? He's like, oh, man, I've never been busier. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm, I'm thinking, how, how can that be? Yeah, I mean, there are people that here. are losing millions, and you as a, an artist, a, a professional bassist right you're doing well he said yeah man because everyone everyone is going out people still need their beer and they still want to listen to music to take their minds off right of the stuff. right to, and to be able to provide that happiness i mean that's just as simple it's like it makes people happy music makes people happy beer makes people happy you know yeah. and, and it's in in that craft that art the artistry that you guys are performing that is having an, an impact and and at this uh museum exhibit um, that at the Deschutes table, you guys were offering uh, samples of the Dissident, mm-hmm. you know, for a little ticket. And I think I had all of ten tickets that night, and I mm-hmm. think probably at least six of them went to getting more Dissident. Oh, nice! <laughs> because I have to, I have to say that Dissident was a um, correct me, but I think I have this right. It's a, it's a um, old brown kind of yep. like a, a Flanders style brown. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's not too sour, but it's a kind of a malt forward sour brown typical of the belgian style right, big kind of lots of alcohol oh. 
what are you trying to say? <laughs> it's it's delicious. It's good in anyway, from all uh, angles. Anyway, it, it was one of the. I mean, it, it was one of those. It was one of those moments for me where I tasted that and it was just like the clouds parted and the angels sang and I kept going back and getting more yeah. and more. My wife was making fun of me because I kept right. getting that stuff that she thought was horrible. It's <laughs> right, like fine, right. this is all mine. But but I mean, you're actually providing this service to those people who just just need a little yeah something to yeah, take the it edge just, off. and it also like solidifies memories like um you know people ask all the time to i, I think all brewers they ask them like what their favorite beer is and i find it to which be is my next a, question right, for you so prepare yourself <laughs> no i don't see i'm already I, i'm already gonna tell you that i don't have a great answer oh you're gonna get because, anxious <laughs> yeah um she's twitching I everyone just, um <laughs> I don't know. I have a lot of great memories with with beers. You know, I have, you know, like the triple caramely I drank in mm-hmm. Belgium with Mulfrits, like and with the clop clop of the of the horses next oh, to me. Yeah. Of course, that beer is in my mind, you know, but was it the beer? No, it was the whole experience. You know, I have so many of those that I can't. Um, you know, I just can't even keep them in my head because <laughs> I'm oh, lucky enough to say that I've had a lot of experiences. And obviously with being in the industry, a lot of um, just kind of like I'll take you to the back, you know, and, and pull this out of the cellar. And, mm-hmm. you know, like brewers that I look up to, like sharing their, you know, kind of their like best old their work. From the, you know, Right. So those experiences are, are amazing. And, you know. And then there's the, the, the beer. I mean, we're, you know, sharing one of my favorite pub beers. And this is the beer that, you know, you're going to have with your buddies. And, and, and you're not going to talk about the beer. It's just going to be there as you're, you know, experiencing your friendship together. Yeah. Um, and that has its place and importance, too. Well, it's kind of like, you know, every time you, you have you have that familiar smell or mm-hmm. you see something that gives you a sense of deja vu, flavor can also kind of uh, Exactly. bring these memories exactly. back or, or at least these emotions and that you know um, you know neurochemical whatever that, right. that just kind of like takes you back to that place yeah like I mean I'm sure you have like restaurants or whatever that you have oh, things yeah. that is they're only made there and even if you try to recreate it at home you can't and mm-hmm. you know you just sometimes like you love to treat yourself to this thing, right? You go to that restaurant, you sit at the bar, you order that thing that you love, you know? And there's certain things here, you know, I think of cask bitter. It's like, mm-hmm. it'd be really hard for someone to recreate. Um, and there's such a love of following for that beer. It's nothing fancy, but yeah. it's just, you know, to come into the pub on a Monday night and have a cask bitter, that's, you know, well, it's awesome. I remember um, on my, when my wife and I went on our honeymoon, we went to Italy and we stayed uh, in the Cinque Terre and mm-hmm. there's uh, the five towns in the middle town thing was Cornelia, which is kind of up above the Mediterranean mm-hmm. overlooking the water is very romantic. And I'm, and, and I was having a beer Moretti. Uh-huh. It's, it's a good beer. It's not a great beer, but it's a really right. good beer. But I mean, just because I'm sitting there in this little Italian town overlooking yeah, the Mediterranean with my new bride and every time I have a beer I'm ready now I mean there are times I'll like ooh, I want a beer I'm ready uh-huh. uh, why I could have everything else but you right. know I'll get a beer I'm ready because it was just like oh yeah I remember this that experience oh, yeah man, exactly it it's like aroma I mean that you know the beer has aroma flavor I mean it's memory is definitely yeah. tied to that yeah so um so before we get into the culture of beer and mm-hmm. kind of extend this conversation out so let's get back to that question I promised you. Don't do it. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm so gonna. 
<laughs> I've joked that like at the end of my career, I hope to have a good answer to that question because <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> well, well, let's make it official. <laughs> Which is funny because you know Amanda Benson had a had a I thought it was a pretty good answer for it, but it was a total cop out answer. So uh-huh. I want to see what your answer is, Veronica. I know. <laughs> what is your favorite beer? <laughs> he did it. It's been done. Uh, I know. Oh God. See, and I even knew this is coming, and I and I, I'm sitting here floundering because I. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm gonna go back to. Is, you is know. this one of those questions that just so, so overdone? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna say. Okay. So yes. let me ask you this instead. <laughs> if, if all the, if all the polar ice caps melted and the mm. glaciers melted and we were all being surrounded by water and you had to take your family and get into a boat and sail off and and live on the water world remember that horrible movie yep. if yep. you're going to sail off and live on a boat for the rest of your life what beer would you mm. stick on that boat mm. yep yeah at, at least that's creative yeah yeah and it brings up it's so you know that you, beer's not going to be a fancy you yeah, know you like yeah like, you have like you have like one minute to grab yeah. the nearest case what what would you grab yeah i tend to um i tend to gravitate towards like reds like multi reds that have some hop balance you know what we're drinking oh can yes I, can i say we're drinking i, I really um, hope you would <laughs> is big rig bitter and that falls into that that category mm. so you know yes, it, that was delightful so there's malt um but it's light. There's malt sweetness and hop sweetness. Um, that's what I would. Yeah, any red around me, I'd grab. That's that's my answer. Thank you. Are you looking for? Thank you. Know, you. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> like, what do you want from me? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm not asking you for a commitment. I I just I just want to see what you. Exactly. I just want to see what you say. I think I think uh, I think uh, Amanda said. The beer that's in my hand. Yeah. Which yep. I thought, okay, yeah, yeah you know, that's, and that's she a good even answer. Took but that from, I think, Charlie Papazian. See, this is, this, you know, yeah. there's lots of people in brewing that know that, you know, that yeah. they have to come up with a great answer. I'll, I'll throw Tanya's answer out, which I think is one of and, and the best I've heard by Tanya Cornette, right? From, and where she, or she's a 10 barrel. She's and 10 she barrel. always says her favorite beer is the beer she's working on. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I agree, like, if there's, if there's some new, um, you know, new beer, you're going to try to taste everything around that could be close to it, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, you know, they, those beers are like, okay, I don't want to do that, you know, yeah. right? or I want to, you know, maybe the malt of this beer and the hops of that beer, yeah. it's really rare to find the exact beer you want to make and then you're able to yeah. recreate it, you know, but, but it is fun to like, okay, you have this project in your head and you're going to do all your research and it's not just reading, it's also, you know, imbibing. Well, you know, and <laughs> Excuse me. And honestly, you know, I, I, we all go through different moods, too. I mean, there's I went through a cream ale phase. I oh, went yeah. through I went through yeah. a very long extended red chair phase. Yes. But I'm sure I'm not the only uh-huh. one. Um, and the whole and seasonal moods, too. I'm a highly seasonal yeah. person. Oh, I mean, yeah. like if it's if it's snowing, I'm just craving, you know, stouts and dark beers yeah. and um, and and you know light light beers like that would sound disgusting to me in the winter you know but in the summer that's all i want you know yeah. that's just how i am like i'm to- you know but you look at the craft beer drinker it's like seasonal brands are some of the highest you know selling brands so a lot of people yeah. are like that you know well it'd be kind of like if i were to ask you what's your favorite food and you said i i love chicken burritos <laughs> yeah you don't want to eat chicken burritos no. every day for the rest of your yeah. life uh, come on or i like to you know kind of 
say, you know, it's like asking a musician what their favorite note is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like yeah. D. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm feeling a little D flat, but, you know, pretty much D. <laughs> or a favorite song. I, I have a favorite song, but I don't want to listen to it every yeah, single day. And exactly. it depends. It depends on. Yeah. So I, I respect your answer. And I <laughs> thank you for your committing to not committing. <laughs> right. Forever. Um, <laughs> I think we've pounded that one on the ground. (laughs) So, um, I blame you. (laughs) Luckily I blame myself. I'll drink to that. (laughs) Cheers. Um, so recently, um, the, the culture of beer has been given a big nod of acceptance and, uh, our local museum, the high desert museum, uh, opened up a, an exhibit on the culture of beer. Which, which I, I think is honestly kind of absurd and absolutely awesome. Yeah, I know. Because it's like, it's, <laughs> it's just a, on one hand, okay, it's just a drink. On the other hand, I know the history of beer well enough to know that it is a thing. It is a thing. And yep. it, it has been a thing for millennia upon millennia. Yeah, yeah. And it will be, I mean, I think... It will be a huge thing for our country. You know, yeah, we live in Central Oregon. That museum exhibit is, you know, kind of um, showing, you know, what's happening here in our area. But, um, you know, when people talk about beer in the future, you know, the United States will have a huge piece in that Mm -hmm. um, because we're kind of in our hate, you know, (laughs) we're in our boom. And other countries, you know, we, we, I meet brewers from all over the world and there's so many countries that are saying, you know, we're, what's happening in our country is like what was happening in your country in the seventies and eighties in craft mm-hmm. beer, yeah. you know, where people were just barely starting to stick their neck out onto this business plan. Yeah. And, um, and there was, you know, these like, you know, pioneer, you know, <laughs> people starting out and, and it, it, it's just grown so much. Um, but it seems to me that, uh, you know, in typical fashion, uh, you, we could probably apply this formula to so many different things but you have German beer tradition, you have Belgian beer tradition, you have beer tradition, tradition, tradition mm-hmm. that, so it's been more or less brewed the same way for eons. And then here come these, you know, Americans, you know, their gigantic cars and their, yeah. you know, you know, cowboy hats screaming Yahoo. And, and here are these beers that are defying the styles that have been set, <laughs> so set in stone forever. Yeah. And here we are just, you know, thumbing our nose at, at, at the beer styles. But next thing you know, you know, the red chair a few years back wins the best beer in the world. And, and stone brewing is opening up a brewery in in Germany. And, and, and so the Europeans and these, you know, breweries have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. They're, 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 um, they're getting, uh, or we are getting their attention. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, but I mean, it is funny how I mean, you're saying that. They, so they have this rich tradition, and and people have these regional beers that it's like, well, this is cool. This is you know, you know, the way it's brewed, yes. and and we really don't have that yet. And we part defy of me, the Reinheitsgebot. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, there's that defiance, and there's kind of also a little bit of that like bratty capitalist like thing. Like, well, if I make a saison, I just go to this to the yeast store and I buy a saison strain, and I, yeah. you know. And when you look at the history of saison, you can do, <laughs> I can do better. <laughs> right, and you know, if you 
you know, the history of Cezanne is like that was a farmhouse beer that was, you know, they, they use yeast from their area. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that we will we will kind of look at that, like not just look at the pieces and say, yeah. OK, you use this, that and the other to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it better. But like what are what are our places like inspiring us to do? And are you know, like can we create things that later in the future people will know either as an or- organ beer, or organ style? You know what I mean? Like well, that is really inspiring to me. Well, and you, and I think your example is the perfect example. Saisons have such a cool story to them where they were, um, again, filling the gaps of wherever have them. Um, but I mean, they were just they were beers that were brewed at the end of the season. They were beers brewed with whatever was on hand, and they Absolutely. were they were basically beers that were brewed for the farmhands to hey, here's here's a little something for your effort, you know, type right, of thing. Right. And and. And that has become a style in and of itself where it was kind of a mutt exactly. of beers. And in order to, in order for us to try and brew a Saison, we, it's disrespectful if we don't honor at least that tradition right, of the exactly, story. Exactly. And, and, you know, sometimes, I don't know, people think that with a large brewery that's trying to appeal to, you know, a whole, you know, country and even, you know, the world if we, you know, export or, um, you know like how could how can you talk local when you do that and and i think you absolutely can um you can tell your story i mean like think of like burgundian wine you know mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that right it, it has an appeal even though they're not you know they're not saying like oh well, we have to appeal to the whole world you know like it's still their story their product their this you know, is what like, we do love us or hate exactly us. yeah um so I, I feel that there's there's a way to express you know our area and our roots and and even our materials. I mean that's super important, right? Yeah. To um, um, to source your materials in a mindful way. Um, yeah. And we're so lucky because we live in an amazing hop growing region. I mean, like you know, oh gosh, I'd say yeah. the Pacific Northwest, not Bend, but um, so that's part of our story too. And that's you know part of the reason why you know we are able to make an incredible product product is because of that relationship um with the farms and and so at this museum at the opening night you were a panelist along with uh, paul arney and um i'm sorry John Abernathy. thank you thank yeah. you very much so paul paul arney is the ale apothecary right. and and john abernathy is um he, he, he runs the brew sites. He's a writer. Um, and he just know, did a historian. And yeah, he did the, the uh, history of Central Oregon beer. Right. Uh, it was a new book out. Uh, but you were a panelist among among these people. Um, first of all, what was that experience like? Oh God, that's yeah. when you were. You, that's when you were like <laughs> lifted, you know, into rock star status in this town. Yeah, you know, it's it's always unnerving to sit in front of um, of people and and you know kind of be put on the spot to to answer questions I mean and that's just the nature I mean some people are comfortable with it and I have I have kind of that like people I've somehow been able to fake it for so long because people think, oh, you're a natural at public speaking or, oh, you, you know, you have no problems with the That's camera. Just everyone, like, everyone you don't know what's happening inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm actually pretty nervous right now. That, Gulp. <laughs> right. And so to, to, you know, on a panel, like, you know, this is nothing. We're just talking. But, yeah. you know, when there's yeah. when there's lots of people and it's at a museum and. Yeah, little do you know, this is going to go out to millions. <laughs> <laughs> don't screw it up <laughs> you know so um yeah I, I wanted to make sure that you know i i was you know i don't know i, I answered correctly and um true to you know my truth and the truth of the brewery too um, well and 
I remember that night, um, I had a question I wanted to ask, but there was a, a lady who asked a question about sustainability and, and you could tell the whole mood of the room just kind of got, oh, because yeah, she, yeah. it was almost, it was almost like she was like shooting darts at you with her question. Yeah. It was like, and you oh. know, like I thought so much because, you know, I, I just overthink things so much about that later on because, um, you know, the hardest thing for me for that question was that we do so much for sustainability that I couldn't remember like the bullet points, like the facts that I should, that should be oh, on oh, my yeah. fingertips. Like, you know, yeah. and, and, and since I couldn't, you know, I couldn't bring them to my mouth. I was just like, uh, uh. well, and, 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 and but by no means, I, I didn't fault you at all. I, th- I thought the question was, um, was poorly worded and with her follow-ups, um, because anyone who pays attention to beer, anyone who's gone on a brewery, uh, a brewery tour of, yeah. of Deschutes knows damn well that, um, that Deschutes brewery and the environment are on good terms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're particularly, uh, you know, interested in our water as we should because it's it's I mean it's the source of Absolutely. you know <laughs> the volume of liquid of this beer is like so much of it is water yeah and um and you know and our brewery is on the banks of the Deschutes yeah. River and, you and know? when like, we're done <laughs> drinking beer we're all out stand up paddling so exactly. you know water is in our blood it's extremely important to us so. um but the question I end up asking and the and and I I because of this question just kind of the fill the room I I don't know I've I wanted to make sure I asked this right away um, just to kind of hopefully change things. But the question I want to ask, I'm going to ask you again. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you balance the commercial need to produce beers that people will buy mm-hmm. and fulfill that financial requirement of mm-hmm. the company and the bottom line, as well as doing your R&D, your brewing special forces and bringing it to the edge? How, how do you balance those two? Um, I mean, I have to say first that it's really hard. It's, it's, it, that's, that's one of our biggest challenge or bigger challenges, you know? Um, but we certainly aren't allowed to kind of like leave Mirror Pond, for example, you know, the way it is and, and mm-hmm. just say like, okay, this is Mirror Pond. It makes our money, you know, now we can do all these other things. You know, if, if the, the consumer changed and, and, um, you know, and our peers, you know, we're doing different things and we're constantly analyzing even our base beers. Like, what can we do to make this better? You know, not mm-hmm. that, you know, Mirror Pond isn't great. It's just, it's it's still under the microscope. So it's yeah. like, you, you know, you can't like, it, I wish you could say we had this like file of like, okay, these beers are ones we don't have to worry about. And like, and you only have to focus on, you know, these like three new products so it, it's not it's the gamut of like all those beers and with the raw materials are also you know seeing you know where you can fit because there's there's small amounts of certain raw materials so it's like you know you can't make a beer based on you know maybe like one hop if you know if it's just not going to be around well you know your products that you create products out of is produce and it changes yeah, right exactly and we we're adjusting to those changes as they come to us. You know, it's like, um, with wine, people are comfortable with vintages and different, you know, crop years and Hey, Mm -hmm. it rained this year. So it tastes this way. And, you know, we, we don't do that. That's just not how, you know, beer works. It's like, as you said, it's an agricultural, you know, product. It's coming to us at different specifications and we're, you know, massaging them into, you know, our, you know, like, the specifications that the customer knows and like um 
well, they don't know the specs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their experience, their a, memory of it, their, you know. But um, that's a common conver- conversation around here, especially with like Jubilee L, for example, right, that right. The, the winter beer you guys put out, it'd be like, oh, have you tried the Jubilee this year? Yes, right. I have. It's not as good as 2010, <laughs> but but I do enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, you it's, know, it's so funny because, I mean, we, we talk about this every Jubilee season that we do love that that, that that beer in particular does kind of fall into that wine. Like people talk yes. about years all the time. What, oh, remember, we're such beer remember geeks, thir- beer you know, snobs. 2013, that Jubal was, you know, that was the best. Yes. And, oh, but we don't treat Jubal any different than we, you know, that, yeah. that we treat Red Chair. Red Chair is like the same deal. We're going to get different hops. And so we're going to, you know, do our best to get them to, you know, like whether, you know, we – we won't, you know, make drastic changes to the recipe, but we're gonna we're gonna change it in order to hit the specifications that we need to yeah. hit. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but Jubal, um, I think I, I think Jubal kind of hits that those memories, and and you know if if people you know had a great winter that year, you know, yeah. and they were skiing all yeah. the time, and they're at the pub with their buddies, like I. I definitely think that that's going to affect their memory of jubal mm-hmm. season that jubal sure. season <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> you know? absolutely so. it's it, uh, um I, I think that it reminds me of a quote i think it was from walter Matthau: the older i get the better i was yeah exactly. <laughs> so so you have a great epic ski season you've been drinking yeah. jubal all winter long as time goes by that jubal just gets better and better <laughs> right. and better exactly <laughs> exactly i mean we ourselves like you know just you know kind of uh, assess year to year um but it 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 happens with every beer but it it is funny how like the community more focuses on jubal well it's interesting to know that i mean i mean there's so many of deschutes recipes that are like yep done don't Mm -hmm. change it it's perfect don't change a thing but of course there's always the variations that we can't help but um so as as we start to wind this down there's i've got a few Mm -hmm. questions before we go into the rapid fire question series but um What are your perk up here? (laughs) Rapid fire. Yes, you might want to slam that beer. Um, What are the what are your high and low points of your career, brewing or otherwise? Oh my! And 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna take the birth of your child off the table. Everyone knows, everyone knows that that is the best moment of your life. (laughs) Getting married, best two moments of your life, besides those two. Um, What are your high and low points? Well, um, I think getting the job at the pub was probably <laughs> has to be a high. I mean, it was complete change of, you know, I, I used to be a, a rotating, you know, shift brewer, and 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 I changed to a position where, you know, I, like I overseen R and D in at the pub and and the pub brewery, which is a different family. I mean, the pub family is just, you know, it's a whole different, you know, workplace to come to. Um, and have you ever thought to yourself, I am the man? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, no. good. I no. just want to clarify. No, it was, I mean, I, I say that because I remember like interviewing for it and like the nerves and the fear oh, and really? like, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, like, I think I was dry heaving at one. Yeah. <laughs> just the, the thought of it. Yeah. You know? How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Frustrated, insecure, neurotic, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so to have it pan out the way it did, you know, I'm obviously so grateful. So, I mean, that's my high. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's my high. Um, And, you know, low, you know, it was, you said don't talk about my child. It was hard to come back to work with the the small child. It was. (laughs) Um, It was hard to care as much as I, I, I did, you know, for like 
both of those things equally you know like I had always you know like that work ethic thing is like I, I just couldn't help myself but like you know live the life of a brewer not just like mm-hmm. come to work but it's like our vacations we sought out breweries we you know like yeah. and I still do that but you know what I mean like is like but I, you're seeking out the kid-friendly breweries <laughs> right it, yeah. oh god how absolutely did you know? You know, yeah, I mean, in Portland well, has because a <laughs> because there are restaurants and breweries that are kid friendly, and there are those that are kid tolerant. Right, exactly, and, exactly. And, you know, for anyone who owns a restaurant out there, you know, those of us who enjoy beer and have kids, yeah. we want kid friendly breweries. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I, I my own experience too. I uh, at the time I was working in a fire department on ambulance and fire trucks mm-hmm. and everything, and after having kids, my compl- I had a complete and total paradigm change of what i went out on it yeah it was, it, yeah it, especially it, when they're so little when they're know? so little <laughs> and it was just like uh, yeah i mean it, everything changed mm-hmm. everything changed um so kudos to you on, on <laughs> keeping what's coming to work important. well no <laughs> yeah, no yeah. keep just yeah. keeping what what's most important right. near yeah. and dear um because yeah. i mean I, i've never been a professional brewer but i do understand that it it's not a job it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. yeah um and it's hard to balance Yes. life outside of your brewing life yeah it'll be a continual <laughs> you know evolution exactly until we have dish eats daycare <laughs> right <laughs> oh you want the baby to take a nap here give him some of the uh the stout 9.5 percent we'll go right stout to sleep in the binky. <laughs> um and so uh, this is one of the questions i wanted to come back around to you mentioned you moved here for a reason and, mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. kind of stalled that for a second because I wanted to just really address it in, in all its glory here. Mm-hmm. Why did you come to Central Oregon? Oh God, this place was, when I first visited, I have never, I had never experienced, you know, a place like this, but you know, I hadn't traveled much. I, 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 li- I lived a pretty sheltered, you know, like childhood. So, you know, but still, you know, when I do travel, I still come home and I'm like, you know, this is, this place is amazing. I mean, just the blue crystal blue sky the mountains um mm-hmm. you know the cold i love jumping into water the cold you know lakes um i was really into mountain biking and so i i mean for years just mountain biked a ton i mean hours and hours and hours and miles and miles logged of, and um i don't know i just also just the the downtown scene the community being able to um you know, jump on a bike and go over to a friend's house and they jump on their bike and then go, you know, yeah. go out to get a beer. I mean, this lifestyle is like, you know, it's like you're an adult, but you know, it's still this very like kid fun, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Central Oregon culture. Exactly. Where you, you go out on some awesome outdoor adventure and, and you invariably end up at some brewery afterwards. Right. Right. Or, you know, a floaty tucked under, you know, or Yes. I have so many times a mountain bike ride and then you jump off a bridge and just yeah, <laughs> yeah. illegally. You yeah. Know? Yes. Your, and your hair is either messed up except for mine, of course. Um, your hair, <laughs> hair is either messed up, but you're wearing either bike shorts or board shorts. Right. Always either flip flops or chacos or tevas. And then, but you're still at a brewery and everyone just looks exactly like. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you want to ride too. Yeah. You I mean, I, I was a, a Monday night Dishewsbury local and rarely even called friends. You know, I would just come on Monday night and 
I all my friends would be here yeah and we would yeah. be the annoying table mm. that grew and grew and grew because you know we'd file in and you know and they were extremely patient with us and you know now it's like I have to make all these plans and <laughs> yeah here let me let me check my schedule or as I call it my eye brain exactly um, exactly but gosh. that lifestyle was just like oh man I had I had never even thought it could be as fun you know yeah. to live that like that yeah. Or that it was even available, you know. I'm from Southern California. There's so much driving traffic. Ugh. Where in Southern California are you from? Um, in Ventura area, oh. which has its own, you know, like surfing yeah. community. Oh, yeah. But I just wasn't, you know, into the scene there. And so um, I think I think if, you know, people who live in Ventura that surf, they'd probably love it there. But since I, you know, well, it was like this was my scene. I, I, I could yeah. really get into what was happening here. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in San Diego and lived in Orange County for a long time. And so, the, I mean, the, it's a great place to be from. And yeah. there are certain elements about those areas, especially Ventura and surfing, and mm-hmm. especially if you're a Patagonia employee, that right. life can be good. But it's changed. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and up here is still that same level of goodness without that negative change. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. biking, man, going to your buddies. That, I mean, oh, I'd never cool. lived in a place like that. So. <laughs> so Veronica, how do you define and live the good life? <laughs> I, I mean, we mentioned, we've talked about opportunity a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel this is like my my older self, you know, but the gratitude, you know, and the kind of the seizing of opportunity, whether it's like, you know, in your job, career, whatever, but it's also like, you know, good weather, good snow, go out and, 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 and get some, you know. Um, yeah. I feel like when I, you know, when I moved here, when I could ride my bike, I did, and I'm so glad I, I did then because I can't now. And, and so when I look at my life as a whole. So having like a little, having like a little, uh, uh, like trainer bike or something like that in the brewery it's just yeah, not the same yeah no i mean um yeah you, you i mean you can do everything you want in your life it's just so hard to pack it all in at the same time but like when you can do the things that make you happy do them yeah. you know and and um that's what that's what has made my life good <laughs> awesome um and i'm going to save the last question for after our rapid fire series question but we're, we're going to we're going to go into oh God, this. rapid fire. Yes. Really, it's Get like, ready. It's like a gauntlet okay. of questions. Is there like a buzzer? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. If yeah. I take too long, you yeah. just like. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if you take too long, I take a sip okay. of your beer. Oh, God. Okay. Oh God, that, no. that, that's motivating. <laughs> what is your favorite virtue? Oh, humility. <laughs> what is your favorite vice? <laughs> Alcohol. <laughs> that's not fair. Spoken like a true parent. <laughs> No, really. <laughs> what motivates you? Uh, ooh, you're going to drink my beer. I'm going yeah. to. <laughs> That's I'm reaching. what made me too. I'm reaching. Oh, I don't know. The anxiety is mounting. Uh, ooh, uh, beauty. I don't know. My, my, my place, my family. I don't know. So many things. What motivates me? Huh. Can we come back to it? Rapid fire, return, then, return. We'll just move on to the next one. <laughs> I, I accept your answer, ma'am. What frustrates you? 
Okay, this I have an answer to this. So I hate <laughs> when I when people are too nice when they're driving. They stop traffic when there's not a stop sign because they see a pedestrian waiting, and they're making it more dangerous for everyone. It and makes me stop, so frustrated. And they stop in the middle of the intersection <laughs> yeah. when you're trying to go through. Yeah, it's like this is so dangerous. I know you're trying to be nice to me, but keep there's no stop sign. <laughs> That's so frustrating to me. So you heard it here, folks. Veronica says, <laughs> run over the pedestrians. It's not their turn. <laughs> but I might have taken some interpretive liberties yeah. there. Forgive me. So uh, what guides you? Um, the, uh, <laughs> the example of my parents. That my parents set for me. A little nod to the folks. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, then what distracts you? Oh, everything. Absolutely everything. I'm a very distracted person. Yeah, I'm I like, get, shiny light. <laughs> I get that answer a lot on this podcast. And it must be those people yeah. who, who are like pursuing something energy. and do yeah. well and have, have reached a level yeah. of success. They're just like, they love everything. Yeah. And I'm, you know, like, like I said, highly aware of, you know, like, am I doing things right? You know, is someone mad at me? Did I, you know? <laughs> and so those are distractions. If, if an email comes through... Most people would just say, file it for later or look at it later. But I unfortunately say, what's happening? What do I need to do? <laughs> so is this another one of those differences between female brewers and male brewers who would oh. probably be sitting there thinking, nodding their head? Yep. Beer. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. What, what inspires you? Uh, again, um, I'm pretty inspired by my parents, by my, you know, my, you know, family story. So that'll be part two of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you're like, can you elaborate? Yeah, we yeah. don't have time to elaborate. Nope, this but is rapid fire. Yeah. But now you know. All right. I have to abide by my own rules. <laughs> Son of a... All right. What, what is your favorite quote or verse? So... You might right have already now, answered. No, you know, Different? I have okay, a couple. Good. You know, one that's resonating with me right now is, um, again, anytime I'm put on the spot to put a quote on, I feel like I'm going to botch it. So it's, uh, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. And I know that sounds really negative, but it just, to me, it speaks to the kindness that we, you know, I feel are obligated to treat each other with because you just don't know what that person is carrying and, 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 and going through and maybe they're not going through anything but like they might in the future every one of us will have to deal with yeah. with, with with some hardship and you don't know the struggle that someone else is, is going through so so be kind <laughs> well I, i'm going to break my rules real quick you know i, I think that's wonderful I, I i agree um because we all have our little thing that mm -hmm. we're going through but that quote basically suggests that maybe you should take yourself outside of yourself mm -hmm. and focus on someone else yeah, for a change. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and you can find this in all the great literature and the Bible and everything. But, you know, if you're if you're having a struggle, if you have a need, then go serve that need to someone else. Right. Right. Is, is, that, no, is, is that the gist of what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you weren't a brewer, what would you be? Well, I would, I mean, I would probably still be, um, you know, in, in wildlife, um, you know, probably since, since it changes so much, I, I'd, I'd probably be like, you know, 
<laughs> researching penguins or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. I used to follow animals. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to Washington to hoot for spotted owls or I'm going to crawl up the streams in Crater Lake. You wouldn't be living in a big tree, trout. would you? <laughs> I did. I actually was a tree climber for a little bit looking for tree voles. Yeah. I had, yeah. I'd, so I'd probably be doing some. <laughs> that still sounds pretty awesome. Um, okay, last of the rapid-fire mm-hmm. questions. What do you hope to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gate someday? Oh, he would, oh, I would love to hear, don't worry about the beer, there's enough inside. <laughs> you didn't have to bring it. If you forgot it, it's fine. There's enough inside. Oh, we good. got it covered. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> good answer. Um, and last thing, what tips or advice would you offer listeners on living their good life? Oh, man. I, well, I mean, we talked about, like, inspiration and what motivates and inspires. This community is really, like, inspiring to me because, um, you know, there's there's that ultra entrepreneurial spirit in Ben. Mm-hmm. There's people just doing, you know, like putting them, themselves out there, not just physically and with their fun, mm-hmm. but with their work, too. They're making it happen for themselves. Um, and or at least trying, know. yeah. And so, if there's you know listeners outside of Central Oregon, I'd say, man, look at Central Oregon people to to get inspiration on how to yeah. how to live. You know, like you know, appreciate, be grateful for you know good weather when it's out yeah. there. It's um, not perfect here, but it's no. really not bad. <laughs> it's really not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's hailing, you know, it's not the end of the world. You can play. yeah, because we know in, in just a few minutes it'll clear <laughs> up and be sunny again. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Oh man, no, not not really. I I don't know. I appreciate you talking with me, and um, yeah, but thanks. I, it was I, great fun. I th- I think <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, and, and I and I believe and certainly hope that uh, people get a lot out of your story. I, I was inspired by um, by meeting you and hearing about your story briefly, and um, about I mean, here you just got a job giving tours and next mm-hmm. thing you know you're 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 in the upper echelons of the brewing industry mm-hmm. among i mean was there like 30 breweries in in central oregon yeah and it, they're all amazing and mm-hmm. and uh bend was uh voted uh the number one beer town by a source but i mean it's a right. it's among yeah. it's yeah. among the best beer towns in america and you are in the biggest brewery in the biggest one of the biggest beer towns that's something yeah i mean but it's funny when i you know people say that a lot like you know all of a sudden you became whatever but it's like you know i have been here for like (laughs) eight years and when i did start at the brewery there weren't there you know i've seen this hat the growth i mean when i first started there weren't there weren't all those breweries and so it's been kind of like you know that luck piece too like looking around like i can't believe this is happening i can't believe we're in this epicenter and you know it's so cool. <laughs> well, and and, and I, I count myself lucky because I started at least visiting this area in like 92, 93. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, meeting some friends that I had basically just met, but it was just kind of like, you know, I, you know, not from around here. Where, where do you go to hang out? And, and they basically took me to downtown Bend, took mm-hmm. me to the Deschutes Brewery, which was all of like five or six years old at that yeah. time. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, and, and I didn't really care for beer at the time, but I thought, oh, that's, you know, pretty good beer. Yeah. And, and just to see what Deschutes Brewery has become. Right. It's pretty crazy. Oh huh? my gosh. And, and to the point where, I mean, there are museum exhibits of, of beer. It, it's, it's bizarre. 
Yeah, and, and also bizarre. seeing like you know, like we were talking about Paul. It's like Paul's Kermes is in the museum, and he, you know, he mm-hmm. started it to shoot. So it's like it's also like you know um, the legacy of brewers that started there and start uh, the tra- their training there and and where their creativity is going. And and when you look at the history, millennia old, mm-hmm. and realizing that you know as a beer drinker i'm taking my place and as a brewer you're taking your place along that mm-hmm. line of history that will extend millennia forward that's it's kind of humbling yeah it is and it's and i feel really blessed to be in it and be a part of it and um it's awesome <laughs> well I, I appreciate the time you spent with us um if someone wanted to follow deschutes brewery or and or follow you mm-hmm. Where could they find both? Well, you know, we have a website, www.dishesbury.com. We have a Facebook site, both for the brewery and for the Ben Pubs. I'll plug the Ben Pub Facebook site. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say find me on Facebook because <laughs> I am, I'm crawling away from it. So I don't have time. <laughs> well, I, I, noticed, I noticed your last Twitter post was... Don't follow me on Twitter. ...was yet. from like 2012 I just, or I something like that. I honestly haven't. Like every time I try to delete my account, they make it so complicated oh, that yeah. I'm just like, I can't do it. Forget it. I mean, I don't even have time to d- delete my Twitter account. All right. Don't follow me on Twitter. So don't message you. <laughs> don't. Have and a beer with me. If you see me at the pub, have a beer. That's, you know, I'm more and more, I love talking to a person face to face. And that's where I think I'm, I'm at my best because, I mean, ask any of my friends. You, you can barely get a hold of me by phone. I mean, <laughs> but if, if you find me in the room. But I got a hold of you via email. So okay. if you yeah. can get Veronica's email, then, you know, I ham- do leave my business away. cards, you know. Not well, the pub, so. <laughs> thank you so much for talking with us and sharing your story and sharing your ideas on success and and beer and the brewing culture and everything. It's been awesome. And and also thank you for this is the first time I've ever drank beer while doing a podcast episode. And uh, I hope it becomes a tradition. Brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> actually, it was awesome. Uh, well, anyway, thank you. Thank you. This is Jeremy for the Good Life Central Oregon, wishing you good life in Central Oregon. Take care. So let's do a quick sound check. This is microphone number one, testing one, two, three. Scritchy, scratchy, scritchy, scratchy. That's that's from that's from the. Uh, I'm sorry, that's from your parent. Uh, that that yeah. comes from the. Um, what's the name of that book? Uh, Going on a bear hunt. The scritchy, scratchy, scritchy, oh, scratchy. Yeah, I haven't had that. I haven't had the pleasure of reading that book yet. Oh my! You, yes, you have not had the pleasure of reading that book. It's good. Will you test your microphone? My yes, it is. Scritchy, scratchy, scritchy, scratchy. Going on a bear hunt. Going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. I'm not scared. <laughs> oh, it sounds like I would love it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually awesome because it then it ends in a very humorous way too. So that will be our intro. Let's, uh, or not our intro, but that will be our sound check. So 